Well, it's that time of the week for your Near Perfect Pitch, specifically episode 104. Thanks for joining me, as ever. Another another fun-filled three hours or so of, of lots of uh, new music, lots of old music, and uh, an interview, which I'll get into in just a second. Um, do be aware that uh, as I'm recording this, as I fade out the beautiful Teenage Fan Club, it is in the thick of CKCUFM's funding drive. And CKCU is where I record the programme. CKCUFM is the radio station that is located at uh, Carlton University in Ottawa. And as I fumble for the details here, if you do like the programme, which I hope you do, um, support the host, CKCU FM 93.1. The funding drive uh, 2018 runs from uh, the 19th of October to uh, a week from today, uh, November the 4th. Hashtag support CKCU. If you want to uh, donate some money to the station, uh, which indirectly funds my programme, uh, 613-520-3920 or at CKCUFM.com. Com. They're also on Facebook at CKCUFM, Instagram at CKCUFM and CKCUFM on Twitter. There you have it. Funding Drive is integral to uh, this station remaining on the air despite its litany of volunteers. Right, let's tell you what you can hear this week on Near Perfect Pitch. New releases, I'll do it in no particular order. Uh, Astral Sun, Beach House, BED, which is uh, Baxter Jury, Etienne Crazy, and uh, Delilah Holiday. Uh, we've got, uh, what else we got here? Oh yes, White Room. Oh wow, rather, rather good stuff is the new White Room single called Shoot. New material by Horde of Rand. We've also got uh, the brand new Swerve Drivers single, which is delicious. Marabou State have a new single out, and uh, there's the latest release too from Pete Astor. I'll get into more detail in terms of the other tracks I'm going to be playing uh, throughout the course of the programme. 30 songs, 31, 32, I think I've got playlisted this week. But importantly, it's, uh, it's time for me to tell you that this programme, episode 104 of Near Perfect Pitch, is brought to you by Martin Brahma, Blue Orchids, and The Welsh Cake. Yes, I chat with Martin yesterday and it was uh, it was delightful frankly and uh, you're going to learn a lot about uh, Blue Orchids uh, some tidbits about the fall as well which of course is, uh, is always interesting and uh, he chose and plumped for the Welsh cake which is slightly pushing the envelope for biscuits but uh, he got away with that so that's at the end of the programme you're going to be hearing uh, three songs as curated by Martin himself by Blue Orchids in as much as Martin's also chosen this week's obligatory fall ah track kicking things off this week with some cooler shaker we need a bit more love in our lives after this horrendous yet another horrendous week in the news
from Melbourne. That's the Paper Kites from 2015's 12-4 LP. And I believe that uh, Martin Brown was a bit partial to this band as well. Uh, again, Paper Kites, that's Renegade, thepaperkites.com.au. They're Australian, of course. And before that, we heard the ninth single of their second LP, Peasants, Pigs and Astronauts from 99. It's Cooler Shaker with Shower Your Love, and we could all use a lot more of that. What a terrible bloody week it's been. Yet another one. Um, time for another new release. Uh, brand spanking new as of a couple of days ago, actually. The, uh, the album by B.E. ED by Baxter Jury, Etienne Crazy and uh, Delilah Holiday. This collaboration on Heavenly Records was released and uh, entitled BED. Here's a track off the LP. How do you make me feel?
Bell and his Hurricane Number no. One with a single of Only the Strong Will Survive, their second LP from 1999, a song called The Greatest High. And before that, How Do You Make Me Feel by B.E.D. Baxter Jury, Etienne De Crecy and Delilah Holiday, heavenrecordings.com slash artist slash B hyphen E hyphen D. How Do You Make Me Feel by B.E.D. Four songs in to this week's episode of Near Perfect Pitch. Time for some The Luxembourg Signal.
that's Lady Tron from Liverpool with Playgirl, lead track to their second EP, Commodore Rock, that came out on Emperor Norton Records way back in 2000. And that was preceded by the Luxembourg Signal. The Luxembourg Signal.bandcamp.com is where you need to go to get all their material. We heard Are You Numb, the replicant remix of 2015's Are You Numb remixes by Robert Hampson EP. It is a great EP. It was originally released as uh, a split seven inch with uh, Soft Science. Uh, with uh, Breaking on the Other Side on Test Pattern Records in 2015. But you can get it in all its digital glory on the Bandcamp page. Next up, from Brighton, White Room, we've got a brand new single, just a couple of days old, actually. It's called Shoot, and it sounds like this.
House single. Now, it's about them apples. That is Alien, brand spanking new. Go to beachhousebaltimore.com to learn more. You should all know about Beach House, shouldn't you, really, anyway? But uh, as I say, that is a new single hot off the press. It's Alien by the aforementioned Beach House. Before that, Brighton's White Room with Shoot. Go to whiteroomhq.com to learn a lot more about them. And if you're a regular listener, and I hope that you are, you, uh, you will know uh, of my love of a band called White Horses from Manchester. They've been on the programme before in terms of an interview, but uh, played tons and tons of their repertoire over the past, uh, goodness knows, couple of years. Now, the latest record, their second LP, is called Empty Words. Here's the lead track in another attempt for you to buy this wonderful, wonderful record.
single from London's Marabou State off their second LP, Kingdoms in Colour. That is Turnmills, and you can get all the material at maraboustate.bandcamp.com. And before that, the inimitable White Horses and an absolute beauty of uh, their second LP, Counting Down the Years, the name of the track that we heard by all of their music, I impel you. Next up, uh, I must uh, first of all thank Wally for uh, for tuning me into this particular cover version, Teenage Fan Club, you all know how much I love them. There's a great cover version banging about by Gretchen's Wheel, and I'll give you the URL in a little moment, but uh, let's hear it first, shall we? It's Gretchen's Wheel having a crack at uh, tears and doing a really bang-up job. There's no future 
Well, that's proper boss. That is the Debbie Single by Toronto's Jingle Jangle Merchants, Tallies. Go to tallies.bandcamp.com. That's T-A-L-L-I-E-S. Pre-order the record that's out in January, and they will send you this track that I've just played, Mother, uh, alongside Beat the Heart. And there'll be eight more coming your way on January the 11th with the... Uh, the debut record being released, self-titled affair. They are really, really good. Remember them. Going to be hearing a lot about them. That is Tallies from Tirana. And before that, from Nashville, Tennessee, Gretchen's Wheel, a.k.a. Lindsay Murray. Having a crack, and a really good crack at that, at Teenage Fan Club's Tears. And uh, Gretchen'sWheel.bandcamp.com is where you can get all Lindsay's material. That's uh, G-E-R-T-C-H-E-N-S, wheel. And I was going to give you the URL for the uh, video. It's not actually officially released. It's just a YouTube video she cracked up, and it's rather, rather tasty. Just go to YouTube.com and put in Lindsay Murray or Gretchen's Wheel. Tears Teenage Fan Club and you will undoubtedly find it. We've had one special feature in that we've had Cover Me, the song that I've just told you about. We've got uh, one more coming up. Losing One Shit is forthcoming. But also to remind you that we've got Tinter Web Time to get to the obligatory fall oh, as chosen by Martin Brahma this week. We've got our weekly peel this week which is The Associates and our Essential Wax which is Galaxy 500. And don't forget at the end of the programme you're going to be uh, you're going to be enjoying, I'm telling you, you're going to be enjoying uh, an interview with Martin Brahma. Blue Orchids, uh, and uh, obviously The Fall, and it's brought to you by Martin, and, yes, The Welsh Cake. And here's this week's instalment of Losing One Shit. Oh, 
In the summertime in New York City, teams involving three or four girls, seven to eleven or over, take two ropes, twelve to fourteen feet long, turning clockwise and anti-clockwise together, faster and faster, watching fascinating feet beat three hundred times on the ground without faulting in the ropes, elevating the double dutch to a new professional sport. Freestyle allows you to somersault through the ropes, creating acrobatic feats, leapfrogging, etc. I'd like to thank the American Double Dutch League for their help in the making of this record and to further the international sport of Double Dutch and all the inspiration of the entire Zulu nation. And of course, my favorite team, you know it,
Vancouver. That's Frankie. That's Frankie with two eyes off 2017's Girl of Infinity. Frankie the Band. Bandcamp.com. Preceded by uh, losing one shit this week, and it was Malcolm McLaren with Double Dutch the Long Version from '83's uh, Duck Rock. That's where it actually appeared, but it was. Uh, it's had so many uh, incarnations as a 12-inch single, and there's about uh, there must be about uh, 15 mixes of this particular song that uh, metamorphosized over the years since 1983. And it's really interesting when you hear Malcolm talk way back in '83. He sort of keeps going into this sort of American. Um, a cockney drawl type thing in and out of Americanism. It's really quite bizarre. But he really was at the forefront of uh, discovering hip-hop and uh, and exporting it and uh, and popularising it. Fair play, Malcolm. You were absolutely uh, mental, but you did play an essential part in the music that we listen to today. Now it's time to have a listen to this new Swerve Driver track that I've been banging on about, Mary Winter. <laughs>
Superb. Now they're named after an apple. Uh, the Laxton Superb is an apple cultivar that was developed in England in 1897. It's a cross breed between the Wiccan Pippin and the Cox's Orange Pippin, a British apple with a green colour and a dull red flush. Name of the band from their second single on uh, Sacred Records from 1996. That's The Sugar's Gone by Laxton Superb, who are no more. They had uh, four, four singles and that was their sum total. Before that, Mary Winter, brand new and frankly ridiculous track from the forthcoming new LP uh, by Swerve Driver to be released in January. Go to Pledge Music. Uh, dot com slash projects slash swerve driver get your copy pronto that was uh, Mary Winter and uh, no surprise there swerve driver are one of the most consistent bands on God's green earth and uh, never disappointed and that's just a brilliant single great teaser track Mary Winter uh, now it's time for another one of our special features it's time for this week's obligatory fall ah, track this week off Levitate the fall's 19th LP from 1997 we're going to hear a track as chosen by Martin Brammer and uh, the track concerned I come and stand at your door
Maestro. That's by There Will Be Fireworks from Glasgow. And that's a track of their debut self-titled LP from 2009. There Will Be Fireworks.bandcamp.com. And before that, from the Falls 19th LP, Levitate. And before that, from their 19th LP, Levitate, from 1997. This week's obligatory fall art, as chosen by Martin Brahma. I come and stand at your door. 18 songs in to the latest edition of Near Perfect Pitch. Thank you for listening. It's episode 104, and you've got an interview to look forward to with Martin Brahma at the end of the programme, talking all things Blue Orchids, bits of the fall, bits of this, bits of that. Very interesting stuff indeed, so do stay tuned for that. Is that the right vernacular? Stay tuned. 
keep listening. Don't press stop or press pause and just pick up where you've left off. Um, now, hat-trick time. Three in a row, you get a reprieve from my voice. Completely, in this case, no relationship between song to song to song. Three random songs, three in a row. So there you have it. Here's your hat-trick.
brand new material by a horde of Rand. That's Rand Johnson. That's his project, and you can learn more about it at soundcloud.com slash a horde. That's H-O-R-D-E of Rand, R-A-N-D. That's the third of three in this week's hat trick, preceded by A Change Is On Its Way by the fantastic Northside Kings of Baggy. And uh, that is off their one and only record uh, from 1991 on Factory Records, of course, uh, entitled Chicken Rhythms. And if you want to know what uh, Dermo's doing, frontman of Northside, he's got a, a new outfit called uh, Time for Action, facebook.com slash time for action official to keep abreast of all things that uh, Warren Dermody is up to nowadays. And before that, kicking off the hat trick, we heard from Austin, Texas, off the WLP License to Cry Bush Pilot with a bubblegum. So there's your hat trick uh, this week. And now, it's time for a bit of this. It's turned to have time, boys and girls, and what that means, it's me offering you your weekly heaping of digital fodder and ephemera. I'm going to give you a, a, a weekly website uh, to visit that I think will, will pique your interest. And this was uh, passed on to me by, uh, by a listener who's since become a friend over, over the past uh, crack a year or so. Go to thefall.org slash news, slash mesfont.html. Yes, you know where this is going, don't you? You can download a font, uh, a true type font for PC or a Mac version of Marquis e. Smith's handwriting font, and it is quite magnificent. I've uh, I put it through its paces because I'm a bit of a font, uh, bit of a font uh, perfectionist. I do I do like my fonts. I've got a collection of thousands of them. Not that I'm bragging or anything, but it's something that uh, it fascinates me. Typefacing and all that stuff. Anyway, so this week's Tinto of Time is the slash news slash mesfont.html. Thanks, Steve, for the tip here. Mark E. Smith font for Mac and Windows. How about that then? Now it's time to hear the latest by Pete Astor. <laughs>
this week's weekly peel is the Associates uh, waiting for the love boat as recorded on the 19th of April 1982 effectively Billy McKenzie and guitarist Alan Rankin the original appears on their third LP from 85 entitled perhaps another special feature out at road before that I don't know many songs written about Peter Cook this certainly is one of them by uh, by Pete Astor and if you want to pick it up go to uh, w-i-a-i-w-y-a dot bandcamp dot com which is the acronym of the record label where it's at is where you are dot com and uh, it's a, a double a side Peter Cook and uh, Petrol and Ash. I've played Petrol and Ash quite some time ago, and uh, the, the single was only released officially only a few days ago, whereby you got the other track, which was, of course, Peter Cook. Lots of, uh, lots of ribbing of uh, Dudley Moore. Listen to the lyrics. Very, very clever is Pete Astor. Next, Revolver. <laughs>
that's Maps, aka James Chapman on mute records of his debut LP. We can create that is a single. It will find you. Go to thisismaps.com. Hoping to talk to James in in the next uh, couple of months, actually. He's got a new record coming out. So uh, we've had a chat, and uh, we're going to talk when it's more timely with regards to uh, the release of his fourth LP. Before that, Revolver, off their debut single, entitled 45, on Hut Records from 91. That is Molasses. Now it's time for... Uh, well, it's our second last feature, if you include the interview as a feature, which it is, I suppose. Martin Brahma coming up uh, in about uh, 20, 30 minutes or so to tell you all things uh, Blue Orchids, all things The Fall and all things to do with uh, his wonderful musical career. Now, Essential Wax this week is Galaxy 500, on fire from 1989.
Magnificent, formed in 1987 and sadly split up in 1991 after releasing only three LPs, Galaxy 500. And we're featuring as our essential whack this week on Fire from 1989, their second LP on Rough Trade as produced by Mark Kramer. We just heard the lead track and the only single off the LP, Blue Thunder. Again, Galaxy 500 on Fire from 1989 on Rough Trade Records. Let's hear one song more off the record, shall we? When Will You Come Home?
is rising. The old clay's washing away. Find the That is Blue Orchids of the brand new Righteous Harmony Fist LP, Lancelot's Last Word, as chosen by Martin Brammer himself. Lots more to come from uh, Martin in uh, in a few moments, but before we get into it in detail, let's uh, finish off the uh, essential wax this week, and it was uh, On Fire by Galaxy 500 from 1989 on Rough Trade Records, guitarist Dean Wareham, drummer Damon Krukowski, and bassist Naomi Yang. 
as I said, they were formed in 87, split up in 91, and the record that we're featuring is on fire, their second LP as produced by a, a certain Mark Kramer. Here's a few accolades for you. Pitchfork placed it at number 16 on its top 100 albums of the 1980s. Quite an accolade, that is. In 2013, Fact placed it at number 51 in its 100 best albums of the 80s too, which is, which is another flipping marvellous accolade, really. And in 2018, Pitchfork ranked it fourth on its 30 best dream pop albums list, which again is, uh, is high praise. And uh, offshoot bands include Damon and Naomi, Luna and Dean and Britta. There you have it, this week's Essential Wax Galaxy 500 on fire from 89. Now, uh, actually, before I get on to uh, Sir Martin Brahma, don't forget galaxy500.bandcamp.com is where you can keep abreast of anything and everything in terms of grabbing their older material and getting a handle on anything that might be reissued. Uh, so keep tabs on them that way. Galaxy500.bandcamp.com. That's Galaxy with an I-E. Whew. Now... Over to Martin Brahma. So we've heard of Righteous Harmony Fist, Blue Orchid's latest and greatest, which you can get at blueorchids.bandcamp.com. We've heard Lancelot's Last Word. That is brand spanking new. So that's another track as chosen by Martin as well of 2016's The Once and Future Thing. Here's Road to Perilous. <laughs>
2016's The Once and Future Thing. That is Blue Orchids and uh, our second track that uh, we've heard and as chosen by Martin Brahma himself. Martin Beddington, born 18th of September 57 in Manchester, is better known by his stage name Martin Brahma. He is co-founding member of uh, The Fall, uh, frontman of Blue Orchids, briefly with Thirst for uh, one release with the X4 drummer Carl Burns and also a lot of output under the guise of Factory Star over the course of uh, 24 to 30 months or so. Uh, a prolific musician and you can learn an awful lot more about Martin by listening to the interview in just a few seconds by going to blueorchids.bandcamp.com or facebook.com slash band. Over to myself and Martin and back with one more track and wrapping things up after the chit chat. Hello. Good morning, Martin. How are you, Dara? Yes, it is. How are we keeping? I'm fine, thanks, yeah. Good, good. good yeah, lovely. Thank you for making the time. I've been looking forward to this for, for quite some time. Um, what's uh, what's happening at two o'clock your way? Uh, well, uh, we're just uh, getting winter here, but it's actually a really sunny afternoon. Uh, but cold, yeah, so not too badly. I'd, I'd gladly swap with you because where we are, it's winter is is, is uh, categorically en route and it's thoroughly miserable. But but I've already started with, with with digressing from the actual reason why I'm calling you. But isn't it funny? I always end up talking about the flipping weather. But um, yeah. but all all that aside, first off, congratulations uh, upon the upon the new LP. You must. Uh, you must feel a proud and b uh, slightly relieved that, it, that it's out there now. Yeah, waiting for vinyl to get pressed uh, six months these days, as you're probably aware. So yeah, yeah. It finally hits the stores and uh, the internet, etc. Yeah, it's, it's a big relief that people are getting to hear it finally because we're really pleased with it. It seems to be being well received, you know. So it is very well received. Yeah, that's one of the things I was going to ask you about because. Typically, not not that your past works have not been well received, but this seems to have gained a little bit more prominence than than, than, than previous works. Which I'm just wondering yeah. if there's anything you can attribute that to, whether it's incessant marketing, uh, timing, or, or, or other happenstance. So, do, do, do you have an idea why? Apart from it being a great record, of course. Yeah, and it's hard to say. I mean, uh, tiny global productions, our uh, record label, do a good job of getting the good word out there. Yeah. Um, so it's a lot of it's to do, you know, just the timing. Uh, you know, it's hard to be specific. Uh, I know people are working hard to get get it out there. Yeah. Uh, raise awareness. So, you, you know, um, Sean is having our publicity, our publicist, I should say. He, he, he seems to have done a good job. It's, it's kind of, um, well, he's working to the label, not just for us, but... Um, 
been chipping away at the last few releases for Tiny Global, and um, yeah, it's raising the profile of the label, and so that's obviously done us good with that current release. But sometimes the, the, the timing is right, that the kind of things are moving your way, so yeah, it seems to be, yeah, it's been well received, we're pretty happy with it so far. Well, um, yeah, because with your candor being, being the catalyst here, I'm just going to be all over the map here because I have a litany of questions, but seeing, seeing as you've touched upon uh, timing being, being you know, something reasonably integral, um, of course, there's been, there's been the reissues uh, amidst, amidst new works, and yeah. was, was that concerted in terms of um, uh, the strategy of release, you know, addressing the reissues, uh, obviously around new material as well, you know, both, both yeah. co coexisting essentially? Yeah, that was basically Tiny Global's plan of action when they got involved with us. That it, their intention was to raise the profile of our, our work generally, but to, you know, to sort of hit the market with uh, reissues and new material. So there's, there's yeah. something going on all the time, or every few months there's something going on. You know, because I, I, I'm pretty laid back. I, do, I get to do my own thing at my own time, <laughs> my own devices. Yeah, yeah. And um, that doesn't make for you know, commerciality of the profile. As long as I've got the, some kind of a creative outlet, I'm kind of happy that I've just done something and it's out there if you want to find it. But, yeah. you know, it's, it's a label's job to kind of, not the artists, obviously, so they, they're doing a good job. So. No, they are. They are, and 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 fair play to them. And, and that also leads to sort of a related question, whereby, I mean, you, you've been you've been involved in the industry per se. I hate the expression, but uh, you know, you've been around since uh, since the mid seventies, really, in terms of having a cognizance of how this horrible machine works. And and yeah. and, and now, you've done a, you've done an amazing job. Of course, you've, you've got a decent publicity uh, uh, team, but you you've also enveloped digital wholeheartedly. It, was that was that a a difficult shift for you, or, did, or was it something that was done on your behalf, really, or is it something you endorse? What is, what's your opinions on you know crowdfunding, uh, self-management through through Bandcamp, crowdfunding through through Pledge, and, and the digital the digital age, as it were? Well, at first, um, I said before, probably, and I'm not the only one. At first, the crowdfunding thing I found uncomfortable because it, it felt like going cap in hand, you know, like yes. begging the money. I'll, you know, I promise to do good work if you just pay me some money first. <laughs> um, but you've got to kind of adapt to the times, haven't you? You know, that, that seemed uh, a way to continue and to sort of strengthen the camp, you know. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I got my head around it and kind of went for it. So, uh, yeah, but initially, it was, yeah, you know, I was, I was kind of like, mm, don't get this, but I don't like asking for favours, you know, but it's, that's not what it is. You know, things have moved on. It's... Uh, Definitely a reasonable way of uh, going about business, man. Yeah, it is, and of course, it's, 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 there's no irony in the fact that it was enveloped wholeheartedly by America before it sort of filtered uh, worldwide. Because it's uh, yeah. culturally, it's not a very British thing to sort of, as you say, cap in hand, start grovelling before you've actually produ produced anything. Yeah. But Americans have absolutely no issue at all with something like that, and that, that's mm. not a, that's not a slate. It's just, it's just a fact. No. Um, that's right. So, so there are issues, of course. Let's go back to them. Um, the, the new works we'll talk about in, in relative detail, but um, in, in yeah. terms of the loving care that, that you uh, that you're involved in, in terms of addressing all the tracks, perhaps some remastering, uh, perhaps some, some resequencing in terms of their, their running order, their, their, their artwork. How how yeah. involved were you with, with, with the processes in, in, in that? Uh, pretty involved. I mean, um, 
I, well, I just prove all the maths doing, uh, you know, to kind of help him push the thought in the right places to handle it. And uh, some of the artwork, I was, I was not I was the sole sort of source of, of coming up with the artwork, but uh, I contributed, you know. <laughs> I had some ideas, I find some images, or I knew people I wanted to, I, I wanted to uh, work with, you know, um, visually. Uh, but also we had, we had other input as well, you know, it's a team effort really, some just interested parties within our circle, within my circle, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it must be it must be a, a wonderful a wonderful endeavour because I've sp- I speak to a litany of artists and, and 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 the vast majority do do enjoy this this almost TARDIS-like time machine. You go back and, and, and you readdress and you've got a different appreciation even of your own work, even though it's so subjective. It's a different appreciation of 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 of, of your body of work. And yeah. as you look at it now, um, you've got quite you've got quite quite a massive. Uh, a massive body of work. If, if if somebody, you know, if you listeners want to take the time to go to the Wikipedia page and actually appreciate how much Martin's done over the years, it's as a fan, it's it's also been quite hard to track you. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I'm sure that you get that from uh, from a lot of um, from a lot of people that you bump into. Um, but yeah. Start. Start. Track myself. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure is. I'm sure you're perpetually, you know, referencing Wikipedia yourself to figure out what oh, you've been doing. Yeah. But, <laughs> Wikipedia's pretty, pretty slim pickings if you, you know, if you Google Martin Brahma, as far as Wikipedia goes. Uh, but yeah, you know. Um, well, no, I, I'm not talking I'm about... Uh, Wikipedia pages. That's, uh, I start to frown on how they, how they came to be in the new world, I've no idea, really. Well, you can get in there... I've edited, edited the old bit here and there, but I tend to just delete things that are not true, I've been asking you... I was going to ask you, yeah, yeah, because there are a few anomalies. Because if, if you know you're preparing for an interview, even even if you know even if you know the artist, you've got you know you've got to you've got to know your onions. Yeah. And um, just trying to get a few ducks in a row. And there are, there are a few anomalies on Wikipedia if you cross-reference to the likes of Discogs and, and, and other sort of online uh, re- repositories. And one day it, it'd be nice just to have the definitive <laughs> Brahma. Yeah, it'd be lovely to have the, 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 the definitive Martin uh, discography. But uh, it, it's there. It's there in large part, although it's it's, it's not complete. Uh, but uh, I think the trouble was, you know, some false fanatic kind of created a, a, a huge fall history on Wikipedia. And I was just looked into that. So when you looked at Martin Brava, you just got all the false back catalogue and none of my own independent <laughs> stuff. And, you know, that kind of bugged me, and I couldn't find a way to get rid of that link because I hadn't created the page in the first place. So yeah, no, no, I kind of just backed away from it and <laughs> ignored it all. So. In typical, in typical laid-back fashion, eh? Yeah. But, but in all seriousness, going, you know, going back to '82 and Rough Trade, I mean, you've you've, you've seen it all. Uh, but, yeah. but, but to look at to look at your body of work there and look at it sequentially because there is of course a massive gap uh, between Sleeper and 1982. <laughs> it's a big, big gap. Uh, yeah. But but there's been a, such a wonderful flurry of activity in the last two years that even mm. even if you are a, a, a music novice or completely green when it comes to your work, mm. uh, in keeping with what you were saying about ten minutes ago, your name is out there and. Um, that, that leads me to another question, really. When, when you're playing live, when you look out into the audience, you're going to see old grunters like myself. But yeah. are you seeing a nice, diverse breadth of audience in terms of age? Yeah, yeah, to be honest. I mean, we, I, I'm still playing small clubs, you know, and I get a mixed bag. People who, uh, you know, 
just smoke some of the recent stuff and then people who kind of thought that you know the first single blow up is made we get, we get all age groups yeah well you know a good third are kind of probably just a bit younger than me <laughs> not many people older than me now yeah uh, but there's people in the 70s and 30s too oh, I met a 18 year old guy who was on a plane in London and he, he, his dad had brought him and his dad didn't know who it was but this 18 year old guy was a real fan and he you know so much about me in the back catalog I was Okay. Well, draw your curtains. He might. I said, draw your curtains. He might be sitting in your front garden. You never know. Um, yeah. And I was going to ask you about the lineup too, because that's another thing that's really hard to to, to nail down. But I'm, I'm making quite a naive assumption here in, in thinking that is the current line lineup as stable as you think it can be for the time being. I do actually. Yeah, the the current lineup, which has been going um, just over a year, because we got a new drummer last September. Yeah. Okay. Um, is actually pretty stable as far as you can judge these things. We all get on really well. Uh, we work really kind of quite spontaneously when we're in the room together. The, the music comes quite easily, and you know, and then we all get on. And um, yeah, there seems to be a real commitment to kind of you know see this thing uh, go somewhere. Well, that's well, great. Yeah, no, it's, of course, I mean, it's you, not always the case, but yeah, we kind of all getting along well at the moment. Well, yeah, I was going to say that's, that's most certainly not always the case, and you've got uh, no. you've got the scars to prove it, haven't you? Uh, yeah, <laughs> experience. Yeah, and um, if things things run their course, you know, that things have a natural conclusion, and you just decide whether you're going to carry on or whether you're going to, uh, you know, or not. I mean, I've I've, I've plenty of stuff starts in, in my own career um, because I kind of always question why I'm doing it sometimes I wonder why I'm doing it well, well in the mid 90s I really kind of thought I, I just want to step away from music because uh, I've been doing it since as you say the late mid 70s and it, it just you know initially it come really easily but, uh, when we started to fall uh, we, we got attention from the national music press quite quickly and we were taken quite seriously, you know, straight away. So it, it all seems to come quite easily and, and be na quite natural. So we kind of took it for granted, you know, that we had this uh, platform. But then, you know, 15 years later, and into the 90s, and I'm in my 30s, into the 1990s, and I was in my 30s, and I, I just kind of wanted to get the merry around, you know, for a while. Yeah, you know, um, because it's a trap, you know, I've seen other people I've been close to kind of become their own Frankenstein's monsters. That, that, yes. You know, they create an image that they they become it, they start to live it, and it's quite a, a shallow path, really. It can be your undoing, it seems, for some Well, so it's a final question now. I'm not so, I don't know, I'm not so desperate to be uh, a big star, to be, a, you know, Certainly is. And I kind of stay outside of it, but still manage to sort of throw a few 
things into is the pot, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally understand your, your stance in the whole thing. I was, I was going back to the discography, Martin, yeah, um, yeah. The, you know, the, the two Factory Star records came out in very quick succession. Mm. To be, to be know, I have been kind of busy for the last 10 years, you say the last two years, but there's been 10 years of build I kind of returned to the stage in Beyond, that's beyond evident because you've been incessant. Um, but, but you know, after, after after the two quick fire factory star records, then it was yeah. then it was the Reformation. Is 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 is, is that really is that is that really that that's it for factory star, or could that be defibrillated in the path uh, in the future rather? Or do you think it's, it's run its course? Well, it, it, it's um, it's a case of a, the cliche unaltered by any other name still sounds as sweet. Yeah. Uh,
<laughs> yeah, no, 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 that makes sense. You, you've analogised that quite nicely in, in, in basically saying, you know, factory star is just a name. And, you know, that, that leads me to, to, to talk about, you know, four, four of the songs that, that you've recorded under that, under that uh, guise. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen, I've seen light of day, of course. Uh, uh, four, four songs rather that you recorded on, on your um, in your solo career. I've seen light of day, yeah. factory star release. Are, are there yeah. going to be any more rekindled past works? Do you think, or you, you just can't comment? It'll happen if it happens. That thing. Well, it is a case of it'll happen. I've no problem with that. Yeah. You know, um, uh, so I think the song's worth revisiting, and I'll revisit it, you know, uh, yeah, it's, it's difficult. No, so it's, 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 the reason for that really was that solo album, when it first came out, because that was 2008, yeah. and it's because I'd made that, that I started gigging again. But um, that was just kind of a private release through the Orchid's website. Yes. Nobody was really aware of it. It's kind of very low-key CD release, and um, we didn't sell many copies. It was a, a non-event, so... So I thought these songs are good, and that's why I revisited them with a band because that had been a, a solo album I, I played all the instruments myself. You know, recorded it at home, played all the instruments myself, and then just put it out on the internet. You know, with no fanfare. So, um, so when I started band practice stuff, but some of these songs, because I was playing them live with the band, it's like probably well, different again now. We've got more life to evolve. So, so we recorded some of them. That's really the reason. And then, um, obviously, now we've got. That solo album has been reissued on vinyl in the last couple of years. Um, and, 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 you know, so a lot of people heard it for the first time now. So, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a beautiful thing. It must also be quite surreal for you to also appreciate, you know, you also appreciate the fact that people, you know, discovering works that, you know, the best part of 30 years old and they're discovering yeah. it now it must be, must be, must yeah. be surreal for these people as well. But I'm, I'm not one of those people who've, who've gone back in time and, and, and unearthed something, but for the youngsters, it must be a, a wonderful epiphany because you are uh, very uniquely sounding and always have been. And yeah. when, when people look for a precedent for your, for, you know, for, for Brahma's works, there really yeah. isn't one because you've just defied description for so flipping long, really. Yeah, I just like, uh, I don't like to repeat myself, I suppose. You know, I try and be original each time and variety something. So that just makes me work eclectic and a bit hard to follow for some people. It's like, well, what is it? You know, it's, it's, that's what I hear. You know, whenever we record an album, the first people I kind of play it to, you know, usually it's a record label or whatever I'm involved with, it's like, well, all these songs so different. Like this was the case with the last album when I finished like so many fifths and gave the masters to the label. They're like, but these songs are coming from so many different directions, and, and I think, but you know, that's what they said about Greatest State when I handed it to Rough Trade. It's like, it's, there's a country and western song, there's a thousand grand song, there's a doozy song, there's a, you know what I mean? Yeah. Whatever, you know. Um, but after a few plays, you kind of get the nuances and the character, uh, you know, the Blue Orchids. Uh, it's just that I do write in a lot of different styles, but it's, what ties it together is the instrumentation, the vocal delivery, yeah. the content, you know, the train of thought. You, you know, it's my own style, but I do sort of get me tell into a lot of sort of different genres, I suppose. You do, and... and, and I mean, on one level, I mean... I'm going to say... Go on, sorry. No, I was just going to say, you're absolutely right. I mean, you, you do have a... a you have a, a massive, a massive repertoire of, of influence, but it's not verbatim. And as you quite rightly say, you can you can you can point out these nuances in your works that, that are not derivative, but but uh, you, you can make comparisons to other artists, I suppose. 
But, yeah. after, but but you're one of the you're without doubt one of those bands that you've got to listen to the record two and three times to to become privy to the nuances. They're not they're not abundantly clear first time of listening. Mm, I wouldn't know that. <laughs> well, of course you've got no way of knowing. Yeah. It's just so flipping subjective. Yeah. But it's and of course that's just that's just my synopsis. Um, I was going to ask you about about the solo record, just going going backwards again. Just yeah. j- just in terms of the dynamic, uh, was the reason to do a solo LP? Because I mean, really, all your acts have been, you know, Brahma Inc. or Brahma, you know, World Domination Enterprises, whatever. But at the end yeah. of the day, was it just because you just uh, you felt like it? Was it something you wanted you wanted to do? What was the real reason for for the for the solo record being a solo record? Again, I think I wanted to kind of drop label and. Just go with my own name. Um, plus, it was the circumstances. Uh, you know, I didn't have a band. I, I had played all the instruments, so it was very much a solo record. As uh, actually, you know, the, the, the Blue Orchid album Mystic Bud from 2003. Yeah. Which I, I recorded as a, as a solo album, but the record label wanted that Blue Orchid name on it. You know, yeah. that, that strong brand. We want that. You know, and I gave, gave him that, that album, it's like, well, this doesn't sound like the Blue Orchid. I said, well, uh, you know, I told you, he's like, I don't have a band that recorded this at home. It's me and a few friends I've helped, kind of on bass and keyboard. But there wasn't a current band, we weren't gigging, I, I told you all that, you know, uh, but they still wanted me to make a record, for whatever reasons at the time. Um, and so that, to me, was another solo album, Mystic Boy, Yes. But, and so to me, the Blue Orchid album is just a more laid back pastoral as, as it's described in the press. I didn't see it that way. I was living in London in uh, uh, the South at the time. So nothing, nothing pastoral about that, is there? Huh? <laughs> nothing pastoral about that. No, I know. I was like really straight. Uh, I wasn't doing any kind of drugs or anything. I was uh, working nine to five. But, you know, and I made this album sound really kind of druggy and out there. And <laughs> I don't know why. I think it's because I was it is. Well, London has that effect on, on, on you in, in subliminal ways. <laughs> you probably you've probably been influenced without even knowing it. Um, now, now I've, I read a fascinating quote, and, and I've always had a stance on on, on what the, the definition of folk music is. And yeah. you, you've um, you've addressed it on, on, on a handful of occasions, at least what I what I've read in the past. And I, I love I love the fact that you call it just a re- original music from you know from just basically regular people, uh, not classically a university trained just people who want to pick up an instrument, learn how to play it right, and it says you know that you've always kind of considered yourself as a folk musician. Well, I came to realise that when you're trying to define yourself and what you're doing, I, I, I kind of think um, trying to define myself and what you're doing, I kind of think I'm a folk musician. It's just a, in a modern idiom, you know, in the current time, it's kind of city folk or something, I called it. <laughs> yes. You know, city kids from Manchester. Um, and I think before we start music, yes. it's, it's not, in, you know, it's, it doesn't fit the genre, obviously, uh, what folk is considered to be now, but I think it genuinely it's best described the kind of electric folk music, you know, in that it's not perfectly trained, we, we've not, you know, we, we're self-taught kids of uh, making our own statements about our own environment. You know what I mean? That's it. And, it, and it's... profound or banal or both uh, do our genuine opinions, you know? And so to me, that's what folk music is, you know, when you look at it, good folk music. And lyrically... Rather than the cliched imitation folk music you get now packaged by them. That's right, that's right. And, and of course, 
I mean, in terms of the lyrics too, the parochial aspect uh, of, of, of the four lyrics, and, and even that's extrapolated into your lyrics. I, 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 you know, I don't hate to do this, but of course, there's going to be the inevitable uh, four related questions. And, and, and what, that's fine, yeah. What, 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 I don't think I'm reluctant to talk about the four, but I'm not. Uh, on a few occasions, I've refused to, but that doesn't mean I, I permanently refuse to. So anyway, go on. No, no, it's, of course, this is, this, is a, this is a Blue Orchid, so, you know, I, I want yeah, to yeah, champion yeah. your work, but, but yeah. also, I think it's, it's it, it, contextually, for, for, for those especially who don't know your work, I think it's very poignant to bring it up. Um, yeah. Of course, after, after the, the first record, and, and again, I, this is just this is just what I've surmised, and of course, over the years through music press, and then try, just trying to corroborate it. But now I'm talking to the horse's mouth here. Um, af after the first album and, and your departure, um, uh, how, how much of Dragnet was, was was really credited to you, and how much did you sort of take with you? Well, I, I got no credit for Dragnet. No, I know you didn't get any official I, I, credit, but but I'm saying. I, I, what what should you've got is really what I'm trying to say. I know yeah, you've got. Yeah, and I'm building up to that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You see, for a long time I just ignored it. I blanked it. Yeah. You know, so I'd, I'd walked away from it. That you know, I'd left Mark to get on with it without me, which was quite a blow. But he recovered really well. You know, to me the definitive fault in a way, the golden age, started when I left and ended when Bricks joined. You know, <laughs> yes. that period in the early eighties is what I like to listen to. You know. Uh, from, you know, drag that through to whatever it was, that conduction hour. Uh, you know, that's when he was at his most... Well, it was, it was a very... Lyrics, etc. Anyway, anyway. Yeah. But, um, what was your question again? So It was about Dragnet. It was about... Well, I've, I've, listened, I've reappraised it in recent years, because people ask me about it, because I kind of ignored it, or my involvement, or what right I could claim on it, because I, I'm not on it. But then, in another light, I'm all over it, as I think, as I said to someone on Facebook, when I listen to it now, I can, because I, I, when I left, I didn't just leave the mind by that sense, I, I taught Craig Scanlon all the songs, you know, I put them all the guitar parts. Yeah. But he made, he made his own, but most of Dragnet, I'd all, it was already written when I left, you know, and, yeah. they, and I taught Craig the songs, so therefore, well, I didn't get writing credit, but, you know, the fact that... And Matt Riley, of course, he's a good guitarist, but he's been the bass player, and I taught him old songs on bass, you know, which he passed on to Steve Hanley. So, so my signature's all over it, in the style of the guitar playing. Although they took it, you know, they made their own things of it, and, you know, but, I, you know, it has to be said that I, I could talk Craig the guitar lines, I taught Matt Riley the songs to, you know, blah, blah. So, uh, and... They, they, Yeah, the school, the school jam EP in itself is, is just a beautiful sort of a, 
wonderful collection of works. This being this being the prime mover, I think, and uh, yeah, a, a, a full Brahma mashup. It, it really is a brilliant release. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I enjoyed doing that. Like I said, that was me really talking to um, John at times and Glover and about Dragnet, because he's, you know, he kind of wants to know all these stories, and I kind of hadn't thought about it for ages, and I, I, I know I looked at it, and I thought, oh yeah, that. And I thought, yeah, well, that'd be interesting to revisit that. So, that's how it kind of came about. I think it's it brilliant. Yeah, and, and yeah. I, I had to join the dots uh, my, myself, after you know, hearing it for the first time, it's like, hang on a minute, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and then having to get all the... Uh, Getting all scholarly to try and join all the dots because it, it wasn't you know it wasn't uh, immediately apparent. Put it that way. Um, are you yeah. are you able just to, just to talk briefly about uh, about 1989 and, and uh, extricate? Yeah. I mean, was it was it a simple phone call? Well, yeah. Well, I had heard Brooks had left the band after the band, and I I was kind of and I thought it'd be great to just walk back in you know, Boulder's breath kind of thing. <laughs> Back into the fall, because the fall were doing really well. I was, I, I kind of uh, just not first on my head, which is a band I had with Carl Burns before the first summer. Yeah. Uh, which hadn't really gone anywhere. It was a, it was a doomed project. <laughs> just the one release, right, Martin? It was just the one release? Sorry? It was just the one release, wasn't it? You, you, we you... made one EP for Rough yeah. Trade, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But Carl, Carl was, we, we had all kinds of issues anyway. Uh, I don't want to go into the issue first, that's another thing, but I, yeah, it, it did occur to me that, I, I, and that's, I've seen that for ages, and uh, the issues that made us fall out were kind of water into the bridge history now, you know, in my mind. So I just, I just phoned him up, I still have his phone number, um, I just phoned him up and thought it'd be nice to do some writing together. And he was into it, so I went around to his house basically with Nicky Tom. Wrote three songs that went on to extricate. Although I only got credited with two. <laughs> what, what's what's the one? Okay, what's the one curiosity that you should have been credited with? Hillary. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, instead of Mark gives himself the solo line credit, you know, there's some musician wrote the music because Mark wasn't a musician. He doesn't write music. Uh, Mike whistle something. <laughs> so with, with Hillary, he just literally was singing, you know, Hillary. <laughs> Forever. That was forever. Interesting. Well, well, that song has categorically tarnished the name Hillary for me. For the two Hillarys I know in my life, they are forever. They are forever tarnished by virtue of that song. Tarnished in a good way, I suppose. Um, so, so that's extricate. And of course, you're right. It was it was at the peak of their powers, really. I think extricate. Uh, and commercially, it was the biggest selling for album, according to Steve Hanley. I don't didn't realize, but we, they just signed a big record deal with. Uh, it was with Polygram. Polygram, yeah, that's right. Fontana through Polygram, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. Polydor and Fontana melded into a new label. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so, yeah, so it got a lot of uh, big push. Lots of and then of course and then Australia you know, something went down in yeah. Australia and yourself yeah, very busy yeah you know, again Steve Hanley showed me who was in band for 19 years but that was like the fourth busiest year 
I mean, so it was only back for a year, but we were just constantly touring, you know. It was, uh, we were on the road all the time. But yeah, we ended up in Australia where I got fired, yeah. Well, me and Marshall both got fired in Australia. Which is sad, because we were about to go to Japan, and that's the one place I really wanted to go. And Mark knew that as well, so that's why... Bugger! Oh yeah, in the, in the, in, at the airport on the way to Osaka. But anyway, it's, it's a, there's a funny story about Marcia actually. My my uh, my cousin is uh, an aesthetist in uh, in Edinburgh, and she she went to a to a worldwide conference on on pain and pain management. That's, that's Marcia's speciality. Yeah. Yeah, and she but she she got talking to Marcia. Now they're fast friends, and uh, she's. Just a dark horse. I mean, who knew? But of course, you did because you, 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 you're your friends. But uh, you know, when my, when my cousin told me about that, I got a real laugh out of it. He sent me a few snaps of her and, and Marcia at, at a conference in Buenos Aires, and I thought, wow, yeah. that's come a long way from the the lady dressed in black playing keyboards. That's that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's done really well for herself. We were living together. I mean, we kind of fight because we were in a the relationship that Mark didn't like. Yeah. Uh, you know. Well, I didn't know what Mark had a real crush on Marsha, but I was not aware of that. But then Marsha came to me, and Mark keeps hitting on me, and I'm like, oh, oh. Uh-oh. Because, <laughs> yeah, we were already seeing each other, but people were quite discreet because it was on the road. Anyway, so, so after we were fired, we ended up living together for a few years, and that's when she went back to study medicine. So I was kind of in there when she was... Brilliant. doing her A-levels in... in uh, off London and then she went on to Cambridge to study medicine and literally specialised in pain relief. Yeah. So it was quite a journey from her because, you know, in, in the 80s she'd kind of been a junkie in New York and <laughs> she was an expert in pain relief. Well, she knows the whole gamut. She knows you know, all, all the options out there. She, she's fully well-versed in all of it. But uh, that, that's my little anecdote. I thought that was really cool. Um, yeah, yeah. Cover-wise, I mean, you know, I can chuck names at Nightingale's, Archie's, Fred Neal. Is, is there anything that yeah. you, you're dying to, to record that you perhaps haven't, uh, cover-wise? Well, um, yeah, I certainly have. I'm actually, tomorrow, I'm, I'm going to finish the mix of a new album. What? That is mainly cover versions. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's um, magic. That, that, yeah, I don't want to talk too much about it. Uh, you know, because it, it'll all become more apparent in a few months. Because again, we've got to wait for the big test on the vinyl. Yes. But uh, yeah, I'll be doing the final mixes tomorrow, and that's that's uh, a lot of ten sixties American psych music and a few surprises. It's not just purely that. Oh, fantastic! A, concept, a, a, a concept album. It's kind of a I'm interested in the idea of singing other people's words and uh, making a new story yes. out of the narrative. Yes. So not what they intended necessarily when they wrote each individual song, but tying a thread together that kind of creates the, something of a theme or a concept. That's great. Well, I feel like I've got a, a, a bit a bit of a scoop there. That's, that's great because I, I, I thoroughly enjoy I thoroughly enjoy enjoy your interpretations of, of, of the covers thus far in, in all of all of your guises. So uh, yeah, well, what's been interesting is uh, it, once I'm invested in it, once I've learned the songs and now the chords are songs, you don't really feel like other people's songs anymore. It's, it's still like a new Blue Orchid album, you know. Brilliant. It sounds like Blue Orchid, and uh, yeah, I'm just quite excited by it. Same, yeah. same, same, same band, same publicity team, same label, everything business as usual type yeah, thing. Yeah, it's the same. Yeah, it's the same current band. 
and uh, same label. Yeah. Wonderful. That's 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 something yeah. really to look forward to. And and I was going to ask you uh, just just a, just a couple of last questions. And um, yeah. around the interview, uh, I, I, I'm going to play three songs. But I was hoping that you could you could kindly pick the the three Blue Orchids tracks for me to play. I.e., curate your own music around the interview. Any anything at all. If you want to be new album centric, go for it. If you want to go, if you want to pluck anything from from your repertoire, same yeah. same thing applies. Sorry ah, to put you on the spot because it. Um, yeah. I, I I've got several memories for songs I like. What about um, Road to Perilous? Yeah. Off. Um, Yeah, one more, please. Um, maybe. Uh, Do you want to go with work before the moon falls? Oh yeah, that's a good choice. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, thank yeah. you. No, no worries. <laughs> Just a little bit of prompting because you get that sort of yeah, verse. Yeah. Yeah. And and I was going to ask you too. Uh, I I every week uh, I. It's just part of the, the special features that I do. I have an obligatory fall art song. I play a song by the fall each and every week, whether yeah. whether the listenership likes it or not. Um, yeah. I'm just wondering if you could kindly curate that as well. Pick pick any any uh, any fall song, whether you're involved with it or not. Just any fall song, uh, and I'll gladly play it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I come and stand at your door. Really? Okay. Why do? Yeah, why do you, yeah, yeah, why do you choose that? Because it, I really like it. It's quite intimate and um, obscure. Obscure is obscure is certainly right. I, I actually had bricks on the show last week, and yeah. and she she chose garden, which I would never have guessed either. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, just, I guess because it's, it's marked without the bluster. It's quite intimate and. From the heart, you know. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's just curious as to why, because sometimes it just becomes top of mindedness and you just go, boom. <laughs> but there's no well, real. Well, there's, well, there's, yeah, I don't know. Because of that, because it's more intimate and less known, and it reveals a different side of Mark, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and I, can, I can definitely see that. Um, and, and, and there's one last thing, and this is completely frivolous. Uh, Martin, but it's, it's a question I've always asked and, and always will, and, and it's, it's hypothetical. It's you're around my place after a successful gig, and you've got a nice, got a nice hot beverage in your hand, and I come out the pantry with the magic biscuit tin, and of course you can choose any biscuit on God's green earth. What would you plump for? Oh, uh, a Welsh cake. Really? Okay, you're the first Welsh cake taker. I, I've got this. It's not strictly a biscuit because it's not double baked. Correct, but correct. I'm kind of off biscuits, I like biscuits. If you will allow me that. Uh... Oh, no, I'll allow you that discrepancy because a lot, of, a lot of people have wavered off the sort of traditional biscuit path. Just I, I, I allow a little bit, so it technically qualifies. I've got this um, very articulate infographic which I shall share with you once I update it with your Welsh cake entry. Okay. But uh, in the meantime, it's been an absolute pleasure and, and, and we just hope that the Blue Orchids go from strength to strength and... and uh, before we get time to ingest this one, there's hopefully going to be this this covers uh, project record coming out as well. And just delighted Thank that you're you. back, delighted that you're back and at the forefront, and uh, and that yeah. chaps like me are uh, able to uh, to get more of you. And those those that have just been introduced to you are, are on a wonderful journey of discovery, which must must be surreal for them uh, going back and discovering this stuff. Yeah, it's, 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 it's,
Yeah, well, I think when you have one record that's popular, people tend to look for the back catalogue, you know, through my experience. Well, I, I, I think that's entirely true, and, and that applies to, to myself as well. You like something, you want to get as much as you can by the artist, but it, it's, it's, been a, it's been a wonderful talking to you, and, and, okay. and, and the very best. Let's keep in touch. Maybe we can have a chat uh, after the covers album and keep people abreast of what's going on there. It'll be my pleasure, yeah, I should be out in spring sometime, hopefully. That's marvellous, thanks so much, Martin. OK, bye. Ciao, bye-bye. See ya. Just how interesting a chap is Martin Brahma. Immensely so, I would hasten to say. Thank you, sir. That was a, a lot of fun, and I hope you lot enjoyed it as well. One more song to play for you before uh, I get out of here and wrap up uh, episode 104 of Near Perfect Pitch. From 2017's The Skull EP, we're going to hear a song called Work Before the Moon Falls. It's a reworking of a fall song that appears on uh, the fall's second LP, Dragnet, entitled uh, Before the Moon Falls. Now, Martin did lead the band before the release of this second LP, Dragnet, but is credited with writing four songs on the LP. And uh, this is one of them. And this is his reinterpretation of Before the Moon Falls. I must create a new regime or live by another man's.
the third and final song by Blue Orchids this week. That is work before the moon falls off. 2017's The Skull EP. Thank you so much to you lot for listening. And uh, do me a favour, will you? Recommend the programme to somebody who, uh, who could use some decent music in their life. It is available, the show that is, on every podcast provider. And by every, I mean every. And also on Spotify. So there's, no, there's no excuse. It's available flipping everywhere. It's almost unavoidable. So, on that note, I can tell you that episode 104 of Near Perfect Pitch is brought to you by Martin Brahmer, Blue Orchids, and The Welsh Cake. Thanks so much for listening. In the meantime, have a top week. Be nice to each other. And I'll be back uh, in seven days' time for episode 105. ta